devil paid for me. We had a whole row of experiences. Y'all have to squint hard to read. Yeah, maybe a little bit smaller, but, you know, I got carried away with Scripture, but that's just me. That's just me. I love the Word of God. So I always feel like, you know, if I throw it up against the wall, something's going to stick. So I'm, I'm throwing a lot of Word at you this morning, but that's good. Faith comes by. Not by what you heard. Faith comes by what you hear on a continual basis. That's why commercials play over. And over you just about just about quote those commercials. Right. Yes. State farm. We are farmers. Cents at least. Okay, thank you. That helps me out a lot. Okay, so we're in this season of incredible breakthrough this year. Amen. Amen. This is this is the the month of August, which we have declared is apple of his eye August. Help me just go through them again because I think it's good. We're writing chapters with the words of our mouth. Amen. Our tongue is a pen of a ready writer. So so January was January, Jubilee, January. We were favored in February. We are, it was miraculous March. Amazing life, April. Uh, momentum, May. Just do it, June. Uh, Jehovah Jireh, July. And this is Apple of His Eye, August. And so this year, we're, and this, this month, we're declaring over ourselves who we really are in Christ. Amen. Knowing who we are, having a good self-image. 
How many of you know that you have to have a good self-image? You have to see yourself the way God sees you if you're going to experience breakthrough. Yes. If you don't see yourself correctly, you'll never have enough courage to stand up and go get what's yours. Amen? Amen. Or you'll just, you'll just accept what you have as the best as it can be. And that's not the will of God for your life. He's, the will of God for your life is that you would increase more and more. You and your children. That you would continue to go from one level of glory to another level of glory. I'm still growing in Christ. Amen? Amen. I learned something more about myself. I learned something more about God. I learned something more about His Word every day of my life. Amen. And so we're constantly going from glory to glory to glory. So we're growing. And we're learning. We're, no, we're learning more about Him. So... King David has sort of been the backdrop for our incredible breakthrough this whole year. And he makes this powerful statement in Psalm 17:8. He says, keep me as the apple of your eye and hide me under the shadow of your wings. So David believed that he was special. Yes. And not just that he was special, but that he was special to God. So apple of his eye, it refers to someone or something that one cherishes above all others. It means to be favored. And in the Hebrew, it means the tiny reflection you can see of yourself in someone's eye. So number one, we are special and cherished by God. Amen. You are special. You may not feel special. You may not feel cherished. But see, that, that's, that's just feelings. The truth of God's word is that you are greatly loved and dearly prized. Amen. So much so that he gave his only begotten son to die for you, to die in your place so that you wouldn't have to be eternally separated from him. So Jesus died for us so that we would not have to be eternal. And he loves you so much. He wants you with every single person. I was watching something. What was I watching? It might have even been a YouTube video. And it said um, something about, oh, how frightening is it? Has anyone ever been in the mall or been somewhere and you lost your child for a minute? No. Oh, just for just for 30 seconds and your heart drops to your feet. And you are terrified. Where is that child? What has that, has that ever happened to you? <laughs> no, but that's a, that's a terrifying thing, right? And, and as I was reading that, as I was, it was last night actually, as I was reading reading through um, some old notes of mine, as I was reading about that, you know how terrifying it is when we lose our child just for a few minutes and can't find them. Imagine how the heart of God feels when there's a child that's going their own way. And he uniquely created I me. Mean, that's your own unique child that you had since you you carried it in the womb, created from your DNA, from from love. That's your that's your own unique child. Think about all the people that God has created uniquely from before the foundation. How different we all are. Not one of us has the same fingerprints. Not one. We're all so unique and so different, and our DNA is so different. We're so different. Think about how God feels when just one is lost. He loves us so much. I just got a snapshot of God's love in that moment. I hope you're feeling what I'm feeling. That God loves each one of us so much. That terror that you feel in your heart, imagine. Of course, God doesn't feel terror, but imagine how he feels. It must really sadden the heart of God to know that, that he's lost one. So we're special and we're cherished by God. Then God says to us also about the apple of the eye, says Proverbs 7, to guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. So in other words, let my word be something that you cherish above everything else. 
And Amplified says, keep my teaching as the pupil of your eye. So the pupil of your eye does the focusing. It decides what you're going to let in and what you're not going to let in. And so number two, his word is the lens that we look through for a successful life. Bless you. So we have to look, we have to be looking through the word. That's why it's so important that we're renewing our minds in the word. The, the, it has transforming power when we constantly renew our, our minds in the Word of God. That's why coming to class on Sunday mornings is so important. Yes. Being in Pastor Carolyn's class because she's going to teach you to have to look through uh, the proper lens, mm-hmm. to look at life through the Word the way that we're supposed to see it as children of, as children of God. Amen? Yes. You look at life through the Word. You look at it as the, the pupil of your eye. You focus the way you're supposed to focus. We don't think like other people. Mm-hmm. We don't focus like other people. Amen? We're children of the Most High God, and the Word is our standard. Amen? Amen. All right. So, um, number two, His Word is the lens that we look for successful life. So, it's a two-way street with God. So, you see there, David is saying, keep me as the apple of your eye. God says, well, you keep my Word as the apple of your eye. You see how things are a two-way street with God? See, he says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So he's saying, guard his teachings as the most cherished thing in your life. So last week we talked about having a proper self-image. So it's also a proper self-image. It's the lens that you will govern your life through. That's how you're going to govern your life is the way that you see yourself. So number three, I want to repeat one of the points that we had last week because I think it's so important. What you think about yourself is who you become. Even if it's not true. Number Amen. three. Amen. What you think about yourself, that's who you're going to become. The children of Israel stood on the edge of the promised land. And they walked in and looked and spied out the land. And when they did, they saw that um, that there were giants in the land, that there were walls in the land. It was well fortified. And they said, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. And they saw us as grasshoppers as well. So they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And because they saw themselves as grasshoppers... The others, the giants, saw them as grasshoppers as well. Just tiny, little, insignificant. But who were these people? These were the people that God had to march around the wall seven times. On the seventh time, he said, just shout, and the walls fell down flat. This is who they really were, but they didn't see themselves that way. So they did not get to go into the promised land. That whole generation had to die off, and the next generation got to go in. So that's who you become, even if it's not true. Why? Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he, as a person, thinks in his heart, so is he. So what you're thinking about yourself, that's who you really are. Amen? Amen. So, so what we have to do is go beyond what we see in the natural and declare God's word over ourselves. Amen? Amen. And that's who we become. So David had a great self-image. And that's why David was able to experience so many breakthroughs in life. He set the bar high. Because he knew he was favored by God. Amen? Amen. He knew he was favored. He declared he was favored. He says, keep me as the apple of your eye. He felt like he was God's favorite. He said, now just keep me there. Keep me there. Glory. Just keep keep me in the place that you have me. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 139, 13 through 14. Here, here, Here David says, you are the one who put me together inside my mother's body. And I praise you because of the wonderful way you created me. Everything you do is marvelous. Of this I have no doubt. So David was a God seeker. Number two, let's look at seeking after God. Because that's one reason why David experienced such breakthrough and favor. is because he constantly sought after God. He was a God seeker. A God chaser. So there's a constant thing throughout the writings of David in the Psalms. He constantly marveled 
at the wonders of God's person. How big and amazing God is. And yet God had this personal relationship with man that strengthened David. It gave him favor for breakthrough in life. So look, we can learn from the example of David. Number one, David was determined to know God and to know who he was in God. Come on, say that. So he was, David was determined to know God. It's my main focus. You know, God says, keep my teaching as, as, as the apple of your eye, as the most cherished thing in your life. You know, and you shall love the Lord your God. These are the two greatest commandments is that you shall love the Lord your God with all yes. your heart, with all your soul, with yes. all your mind, and with all your strength. That's, that's, that's the will of God, that we would love Him powerfully, passionately. Not just a halfway, sometimes love, but a passionate love. Yes. So he, David determined to know God. And who he was in God. Psalm 8, 3 through 6 says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, but actually that's translated Elohim, which means God himself. He's made us a little lower than himself. Yes. And crowned him with glory and with honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. See, that's why David has such a gangster attitude. Yes, come on now. Because he knew who he was. He said, I know you put everything under my feet. You've given me dominion in the earth. Yes. Too wow. So number two, David sought after God with his whole heart. He wasn't a halfway seeker of God. He wasn't a halfway worshiper. The Bible says he stripped down to his underwear and praised the, the presence of God back into Jerusalem. His wife fell out with him over it. He, he never saw her again. But he praised his way all the way from wherever the, 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 the uh, tabernacle of God, not the tabernacle of God, but the, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was. And he praised it. His desire was to have the presence of God back in Jerusalem. So he prays with all his might, the Bible says. He danced and he twirled and he whirled. And even though he was the king, yeah. he was the king. He should have had a crown on and a long robe and just sort of walked or been carried or just waited on the presence of God. No. He stripped down and went to the presence of God and, and danced and whirled like he was crazy. And brought the presence of God. Everything David did, he did with passion. Are y'all noticing that? So he was... He was determined to know God. And so he sought after God with his whole heart. Look what he says here in Psalm 27, 4 through 6. He says, one thing, one thing, one thing I have desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, how long, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. He knew the protecting power of God. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Sounds like favor, doesn't it? And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Listen to this right here. With his whole heart. Look at Psalm 42, 1 through 2. It says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. 
When can I go and meet with God? Yeah. Amen. Wow. Yeah. Anytime you get yeah. ready to, let's answer that question. Anytime you get ready to meet with God, God is ready. Yeah. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your Father who's in the yes. secret place. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. So all you got to do is have a, a door you can close. You know, the, the, the Israelites or the um, children of Israel, they, they even sometimes today wear those talits over their head so they can have their own little tent with God. And they they, they wear, y'all see where they wear those things? It's called a talit, and it's like a big scarf, and the men wear them, and, and they wear them over their shoulders. But it was so that they could lift it up, put it over their head, and close it, and they would have a, a closed-in special secret place with God wherever they were. That was a snapshot and a picture of what God's desire was, that we would be the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit, that He would be in us, that He would be with us, that He'd be talking to us all the time. That's what we live and enjoy today. But that's a little snap. Anytime you get ready to have a secret place with God, He's right there ready to talk to you. Amen. Okay, look at Psalm 63, 1 through 4. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Underline that early. 7.30 a.m. on the prayer call. If that's not early enough for you, you know you can get up on your own. <laughs> and seek him a little earlier. I usually get up around 6.30. So I can meet with him a little ahead of time. And have some scriptures ready. And I'll tell you, that's my favorite time of the day. Early will I seek you. My soul. Because you know how many of you know that your day can get away from you? Yes. You know, you really need a fill up in the morning. A little time to, to get up and just spend with God. Just time that's just for me. Like, well, Pastor, I've had so much going on today. You don't have so much going on that you shouldn't take time to spend in the secret place with God. Yes. That you shouldn't come and get filled up. What does that always say? It's, you know, when you go through the day and you go through stuff, and people who, who can go through stuff and it's like water off a duck's back. Mm-hmm. You know, why is there water on the duck's back? Because he's got oil on his feathers. So you need to get up and get some oil on your feathers. Yeah. Your feathers amen? Amen. So stuff that comes along during the day, you just roll off your back. You won't be having a pity party because you can't be pitiful and powerful at the same time. You've got to decide which one you're going to be. If you want to be pitiful, you want to be pitiful. But if you want to be powerful, it means you got to get up and do something about it. Amen? Get up and get in the Word. Get up and spend time with God. And I tell, I tell you, if you get up 30 minutes early, you'll wish you'd gotten up 45 minutes early. Just to spend that time with Him. It, it releases the favor of God in your life because you're in a different mindset. Yes. All right. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. So this desire of David's to know God is so refreshing. He had a desire to progressively know him better. And it seems like the more he found out, the more he wanted to know. It's like the more you, the more you know God, the more he opens up and shows you another side. Ooh, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Number three, knowing God is the greatest breakthrough you can ever experience. Amen. That's the greatest breakthrough. And you know, the Apostle Paul talks about that, about knowing God and going from one level of knowing God to another level of knowing God. You know what? If you just don't quit, if you just don't quit, you're going to know him better because every battle shows you another side of him. Every battle shows you how strong and how big he really is because we get in some stuff and we feel like, I can't make it through this. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it out of this. 
But God shows you, yes, you will. He keeps his hand on you. He won't put anything on you that you can't take. Amen. Don't say I'm not able. Because God will not. God is faithful and not allow you to be tested beyond what you're able. And he will with it. He will also provide a way of escape, a way out that you may be able to bear. So don't say I can't bear this because you can. Yes. Amen? Amen. But every time you go through something, this is you, you ought to go in saying, oh, goody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring it. Because I'm going to come out of this knowing God better. Amen. And if you just don't quit, am I right, Pastor Carolyn? If you just don't quit, just don't quit. Just keep going, right, Pastor Robert? That's right. Just keep going. Miss Toby, just keep going, right? You just keep going, and he'll see you through absolutely everything. So that's the, the greatest breakthrough we can ever experience. Look how the Apostle Paul talks about it. In Philippians 3.10, he says, For my determined purpose, underline that. His determined purpose. There's some things you've got to be determined about. Yes. And this is one of them. He says, for my determined purpose is that I may know him. Then I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And you know, the, the older I get, the more merciful I know God is. Amen. Amen. I was so hard on myself and everyone else when I first got saved. <laughs> I realized God is so merciful. Why? Because all the lives I have messed up. And God has not walked off and left me once. Amen. Amen. Anybody else can say amen to that? Amen. He's merciful. He's not he's not as he's not as fussy as I thought he was in the beginning. I used to amen. preach about a fussy God. <laughs> and that's not who he is at all. No. It's, uh, Dwight was talking about the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery this morning on the on the prayer call. Jesus' response to everybody said, okay, the law says you got your stomach. What you going to do, Jesus? Jesus bent down and wrote something in the sand. It doesn't say what he wrote, but maybe he wrote the man's name. Mm. She wasn't having to commit adultery by herself. Mm-hmm. But where was he? Right. Maybe he wrote, wrote the man's name out. And then he stood up and said, all right, we'll stone her. But the one of you that's without sin, you throw the first mm-hmm. rock. Yeah. Sure did. And they all started dropping their rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all dropped their rocks in their home. Thank God they were honest about it. Right. Amen. 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 So, so that, that's the will of God is that we would have this personal relationship with him rather than religion. Religion will not get us anywhere. Amen. Message translation, look at this. Paul calls that inferior stuff. I gave up all that inferior stuff, religion, so I could know Christ personally and experience his resurrection power. So the real joy in life is growing in the knowledge of the wonders of his person, a real relationship with him. You know, this week I've been reflecting because August is the month that I got saved and really turned, you know, experienced the born again experience. In August of 1994, 24 years ago, next year will be 25. That was a good place to say amen. Be real excited for me because it's been 25, almost 25 years. Next year I'm gonna have a big party. Why is it a big deal? Some people didn't make it. Amen. Some people that started out with me, they fell off along the way. I'm still standing. Amen. I'm still standing. And I'm still teaching. And I'm still here. Amen. 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 A lot of people didn't make it, but I made it. So next year is a a big year. For 25, we're going to have a big old party. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You know what? You ought to celebrate. Amen. You're 
still standing. You're still in church. Amen. Yeah. All right. So we call it, why do we call it our spiritual birthday? It's my spiritual birthday, August of 1994. It's kind of toward the middle or end of August. I don't know the exact date. But we call it our spiritual birthday because Jesus said, unless we have this born again experience, we cannot see the kingdom of God. Scriptures won't really make sense to us. You know, I read it, Pastor Todd, but I don't really get anything out of it. I don't really understand it because you've got to have your spiritual eyes open. You're, you're in spiritual blindness and you need those spiritual eyes open. And so Jesus had a conversation with Nicodemus, a religious leader. He came to Jesus at night and uh, he said, Jesus, we know that you're a teacher that's come from God because nobody could do the signs that you're doing if God hadn't sent him. So we know, we know that you come from God. And, and Jesus said, and look, he said to him, look at John 3, 3, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is what? Born again. Born he cannot see the kingdom of God. See, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. We all had a, a, a natural birth. Amen. We were all born. We all got here. Amen. We all had a, a, a birth. We were birthed. Amen. We were born. But our spirits have to be reborn. We have to be born again. So, so that's why Jesus said, unless a man is born again, Nick Nunes is like, Jesus, you are tripping. How, is, how are you supposed to go back to your mother's womb and be born a second time? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You have to have that born again experience. I can take you to, to the day. I can take, not the exact day, but I know about when it was. I don't know why they marked down the date. But I can take you the spot on the carpet where I got on my knees and threw my hands in the air and said, I'm through running. I want to do things your way. I want you in my heart. I want you in my life. I don't want to do things my way anymore. I want it to be your way. I want to know you. I want to really know you. Yes, hallelujah. There's a, there was a day, that day I became born again. I mean, everything began to even look different. Yeah. Colors seem brighter. I know y'all think, Pastor, are you tripping? No, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> things look different. My eyes were open and I could see. I could really see. And I could see God in everything. It seemed like he was talking to me in every situation. I was raising some little baby kittens at that time. He'd use those little kittens to talk to me. One, two of the little kittens would like climb my leg when they'd see me get the bottle out. They'd climb my leg, scratching. I'm about to give them the bottle anyway, but they came scratching. And one little kitten would just sit there and like lick his fur and just wait for me to get through. He knew I was going to feed him. And God said, that's the way some people are. Mm. They scratch and claw to get what I'm going to give them anyway. Amen. <laughs> Come on. Amen. He was, you know, and I would tell my pastor the things that God was saying to me through kittens and through different situations. And he said, wow, that's Matthew, blah, 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 blah. And, he, and I'm like, I don't know what scripture it is, but I know it was God teaching me something. Amen. But, you know, I was born again. And I began to see God in everything. God, you know, as I was drawing near to him, I was like David. I was so hungry. I was so thirsty. I needed him more than I needed anything. That's why I carried Bibles with me everywhere that I went. Yes. Even though I had to walk 20 acres to and from my house to get in and out of the front, I carried them Bibles with me. Yes. We, we couldn't, you couldn't look at it on your phone back then. Yeah. You didn't have it on your phone. You had to carry the book. So I carried those Bibles with me, the, the uh, message translation, the amplified version of the Bible, and the New King James Version. I carried it with me just in case God spoke a word, I could look it up. I was so hungry for God. And see, God rewarded that by constantly talking to me. Constantly, I developed a hearing ear. And that's the way we should all live. Amen? Amen. That's the born-again life. Amen? Yes. We're spiritually open and in tune with God. Yes, hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. 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 
So it happens when we hunger and we thirst after God. We, our spirits become born again. We come alive to God. So after that conversion in my life, I was thinking, just the other day, I was thinking about two scriptures came to my mind that literally were the most transforming, that literally jumped out to me. It seemed like my entire life of faith hinges on these two scriptures right here. Y'all want to know what they are? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. He must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That scripture right there, I got a hold of that. If you're going to come to God, you got to believe that He is. You've got to mark out every question in your mind of whether He exists, whether he's there or not, and you got to believe that he is. And if I come after him with all my heart, he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. So whatever you think you know, there's more. It's a two-way street. We seek him. It's two-way street. We seek him with our whole heart, each in our own way, sincerely. I remember when I first um, first heard about God, first knew about before I'd ever really surrendered my life. Um, I had a Bible, and I played this little game. I talked to God, and I said, now, whatever, whatever I open the Bible to you, that's what you want to say to me. And the first time I did that, it fell on Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. In my own way, I was seeking it. God was like, I'm not saying that that's how you should learn to right. know God or learn to know the Spirit, but, I mean, that's what he did for me at 16, 17 years old. Praise God. So Jeremiah 33, 3, it says you don't have to just flip the Bible up like that. God is saying, call to me and I want to answer you. Yes, he Lord. says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Okay, so the first scripture that God showed me was, was, was Hebrews 11. That was the first one they showed me that really began to build my faith on. And then this was the second scripture that really sealed things for me. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Underline this, all scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So people want to argue, well, man wrote it. The Bible is written by men. Yes, sure enough it is, but God inspired every word. Because every word is the, is the word of God. It's put together in a Bible for us, so it's separated by chapter and verse, but it is written by God. It is all by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for proof, for, for, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteous, righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it's got equipping power. But you have to settle it in your mind that every scripture is God-breathed. Yeah. Yeah. Every scripture comes from God and it has a purpose in our lives. Alright, see in the Catholic Church they told me what to do. They told me what to believe. Memorize these prayers and say them four times. And then stand up. And then kneel down. And then sit back down. And then uh, stand back up again. Sit down. Say this. Say that. I had no real meaning or significance to what I was doing. I just did what they told me to do. Amen? Amen. But when I had the born again experience, I began to really know Him. I began to change my heart and life through His Word. And and I had this personal relationship with Him. So it's not about religion. Religion is never going to cut it. It's about this personal relationship with Him. Amen? It's seeking after Him. All right, number three. To the degree that we hunger and thirst for Him, we shall be filled. Amen. 
So we have to, you know what? We have to stir up that hunger. If you're too tired to get up in the morning to seek Him, you, you need to stir that up. Stir your hunger up for Him. Because if I, if I will hunger and thirst, He said, to the degree that I'll hunger and thirst, He's going to fill me up. Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14, it says, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with what? All your heart. your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amplified says, Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in the state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God. But they shall be completely satisfied. So let's talk about that. The born-again child of God enjoys His favor. Underline that there where it says enjoys His favor in that scripture. The born-again child of God enjoys His favor. We should be enjoying His favor in life. Amen? Because seeking after God like that releases favor into our lives. Alright? Enjoying His favor. What is favor? Favor is to show preference for. An act of kindness that is beyond what is due or usual. It's someone using their power, ability, or influence to assist me. To do what I cannot do for myself. God speaks to others on our behalf. He raises up somebody to do something for me that I could not do for myself. Opens a door for me that my education could not open. My money could not open. God, there's some things that we need that only God can do for us. God says He opens a door and no man can shut it. He shuts a door and no man can open it. So there's some stuff that we need God to do that nobody else can do for us and that we cannot do for ourselves. And favor is released. Favor is triggered as we seek God. Amen. 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 All right. So number one, this drawing near to God lifestyle causes favor to come right on time. You know, some people used to sing this old song, Roy, it's called, he he better come when you want him, but he'll always always be right on time. If he don't come when I want him, I don't want him. (laughs) I need God to come on time. Amen. I need him to be right on time. And he is. He's an on time God. Alright, so this drawing your God life it causes favor to come right on time. Hebrews 4 16, the Amplified. Let us, therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace. That is the throne of God's gracious favor. With confidence and without fear. So you've got to show up with the right self-esteem, right? Yes. With confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help. In time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Amen. <laughs> That's good news right there. Yeah. If we'll go confidently to the throne, if we'll go without fear, if we'll go knowing who we are, knowing what belongs to us, God says, come come reason with me. That's what he said. Come reason with me. Put me in remembrance of my word. What did I say? Yeah. <laughs> he wants you to be speaking the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So, um, without your so we may receive it. So, it's just at the right moment. Coming just at the right moment. Appropriate blessing. Praise God. All right. Number two. It's a matter of alignment. Guarding the Word of God is the apple of your eye. It's choosing to align ourselves with His Word. You know, Peter had fished all night long. Peter needed fish catching. Favor. 
Tap into that fish catching favor. So there's a there's a fish catching fish fish catching anointing. Talk to those fish. So Peter had been out, had been fishing all night long. Peter was a fisherman by trade. It's what he did. He was a fisherman. He, you know, Peter knew what he was doing when it came to fishing. Yes. You know, and and Jesus was the prophet. He was the man of God. And Jesus hollers out to Peter. He says, "Let down your nets for a catch." They were pulling in. They'd already washed the nets, gotten all the the yuck out of the nets, mended the nets, wound them back up, put them like they need to be, so that when you throw them, they open all the way up, right? So they're not tangled up. So they can come in in a tangled up mess as you pull them in. They have to get them all cleaned out. They have to get them mended where they come apart. They just, you understand, they've been fishing all night and caught nothing. Nothing. They caught nothing. And Jesus said, hey, let down your nets for a catch. Now you know you're just about to jump off the boat because you're through. And you hadn't caught anything. They're tired. They don't like they, they're not, they don't, once you've been fishing, you ain't caught nothing when you're through, you're through. Am I right? You, you're frustrated. You're sitting there all day, fish ain't biting. You just go home and say, they're not biting today, right? Well, that's what that's what Peter said. You know, we're through, we fished all night, we caught nothing. But Jesus, see, see the thing is, is that, that Peter had allowed Jesus to use his boat for his ministry. Peter had allowed Jesus to get in the boat and push off from the shore a little bit because the multitudes were there and he had to push off because the water would kind of carry his voice a little bit. So um, because he had let Jesus use his boat, Jesus wasn't going to just take. Jesus wanted to give back. So he said, let down your nets for a catch. But Peter's tripping. We fished all night and didn't catch anything. You know, Jesus, you stick to preaching and I'll stick to fishing. <laughs> he don't know anything about fishing, but Peter caught himself. And what did he say? He said, well, this trip was over already up there. It says, nevertheless. So he aligned himself with what Jesus said, even though it made no sense. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners on, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. So that they began to sink. Now listen, look at that. There was a favor there for Peter to catch fish. But he had to align himself with the word even when it did not make any sense. Nevertheless, at your word. And many times in our life with Christ, we're going to have to say, you know what, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like being nice. I really want to go off right now. Okay. Nevertheless, at your word, I will shut my mouth. <laughs> Nevertheless, at your word, I will be sweet instead. Amen. Instead of saying what I really want to say. Amen. Sometimes we have to choose. I'm going to, this is a nevertheless moment. Nevertheless moment. When we align ourselves like that, that's when the favor of God can come and empower us. Amen. For whatever it is that we're needing to do. All right, then that was uh, that was number one. Number two, it's a matter of alignment. Number three, it's a matter of adoration. Enjoying His favor, it's a matter of alignment. It's a matter of adoration. John four twenty three says, "The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth." For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God's looking for a worshiper. Amen? Yes. He's looking for someone to worship Him. 
And you know, God doesn't really have favorites, but He has intimates. He has intimates. When you worship and you're a worshiper of God, you're, you're involved. And like I said, you know, it's a two-way street. You draw near to God, He draws near to you. Then it's your turn. Draw near to God, He draws near to you. It's a two-way street. I worship God, God draws near to me. I worship God, He, I sing to Him, I talk to Him, and He begins to sing and talk over me. Amen. Isn't the most wonderful thing when you hear His voice? When you hear Him speak something to you, what is any better than that? Times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. So it's a matter of adoration. David was a worshiper. That's another reason he experienced so much breakthrough and favor in his life. David was a worshiper. Psalm 23, 6, he says, Surely, uh, surely only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and His presence shall be my dwelling place. In other words, sounds like favor to me, doesn't it? Yes. All right, Message Bible says, Your beauty and love chase after me day after day. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Amen. So it sounds like favor chases David because he's a worshiper. Number four, it's a matter of affirmation. The favor of God is released when I affirm His word by speaking it. Joel 3.10 says, let the weak what? Let the weak say I'm strong. Why do we need to say I'm strong? Because you have to confess it. (laughs) If you say I'm weak, you're going to have whatsoever you say, right? You're you're, you're asking for more weakness. But that's why he says, whatever you can, let the weak say. And and, and we can't just think it. Just because we know it. Let the weak say. Say, I am strong. Psalm 107, 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, Don't just don't let the redeemed of the Lord be redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, So, I'm redeemed from poverty, sickness, and the second death. I am redeemed from it. Amen? Mark 11, 22. You will have whatsoever you say. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Mark 16, 20. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. So declare favor. Declare promotion. Declare breakthrough. Declare healing. My youth is renewed. Come on, you feeling old? Say no. You feeling tired? Say no. I have fresh strength from God. You feeling like you're old and look in the mirror and a whole lot of lines on that? That's how I'm feeling. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Declare wisdom. Declare favor. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. I'm the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. Amen. That's what you gotta you gotta uh, say over yourself. Declare affirmation. It brings the favor of God. Why? Angels are at my command when I speak His word. Amen. When I speak His word, angels go out and bring it to pass in my life. They go and talk to people. To use their favor to help me. Amen. Luke 21, 15, Amplified. For I myself will give you a mouth. This is one that I declare over myself because God spoke this word to me years ago. And God reminded me of last night. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. I used to declare it all the time. Because God says, for I myself will give you a mouth and such utterance and wisdom that all of your foes combined will be unable to stand against or refute. Amen. Amen. Ooh, I declare that wisdom comes out of my mouth. It yeah. causes the people to just marvel. Amen. Number five, it's a matter of agreement. Yes. Agreeing with others. A threefold cord is not easily broken. 
The favor of God is expressed in the fact that we have each other. Yes. I have you and you have me, the body of Christ. Yes. Matthew 18, 19, 19-20 says, Again I say to you that if you two, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, anything that they ask, it will, be done. it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. So it sounds like favor will come when we ask for favor together. We get an agreement together and believe God for breakthrough. Believe God for it. So we're not, the favor of God is not, there's a power in unity, a power in agreement. God's given us one another to be like-minded so that we can bring forth the, the, the favor of God in, into the earth. You know, there's scientists that study these certain trees in the tropics that can withstand hurricane force winds. And it's a certain kind of tree. And at first they thought, well, the root must be real deep. But what they discovered was that they had more of a shallow root system, but these trees grew in groves. And they were all, all hooked together. All the roots were hooked together. So when the wind blew against them, it blew against them all. Maybe you missed something yeah. right here because yeah. we're all connected through Christ yes. that when the wind blows against us, it blows against us all. Yeah. We're yeah. stronger because we have one another. Amen? Yeah. I, you know, we, we will pack out a hospital. Yes, come on now. Ain't that right, Nick? Yeah. Nick doesn't know. Rosemary does. That hospital room, hospital waiting room was filled. Why? Because the body of Christ and family were there. You know, we're stronger when we're together. The power of agreement is, is awesome. Amen? Amen. So, um, you're not going to do, you're not doing life by yourself. When the winds of life blow, we have each other. And that's favor. We're not doing lives by ourselves. We have each other. Amen. 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 Alright, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that, that, uh, that you've given us your word. And that Lord, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, we declare breakthrough. We declare favor. Yes. We declare, Lord, that we that we are, are are focused on breakthrough. That Lord, you've made us the apple of your eye. We're making your word the apple of our eye. Lord, we're seeing your word for what it is. We're seeing you in your word. Father, we just ask you to reveal yourself to us as we worship, as we seek after you, as we begin to increase in the morning, seeking you early, God. As we be, as we begin to move towards you, Lord, we know that you move towards us because your word says so. So, Lord, as we draw near to you, we thank you that there's a drawing near to us from, from you. And not just you, but the favor that comes from being in relationship with you, God. We thank you, Father. We praise you for it. We glorify you. For being so mindful of us. Lord, thank you for your mercy. For your loving kindness and your tender mercies, God. We thank you for it. We praise you today for the plans and the purpose that you have for our life. God, we know that, that we're moving towards destiny. Your thoughts towards us. God, they're, they're for a good future and a good hope. So Lord, we just say in agreement with the song we sang this morning. That we're not going back, but we're moving ahead. That we're moving forward today. The Lord, we just declare breakthrough going ahead of us. The Lord, you're going before us and making the crooked places straight. That you're opening up doors of favor for us. We declare the double doors are open. Lord, things that have been difficult, God, you're making them easy. We thank you for it. And, and we just declare, we declare your favor and your goodness over our lives. Right now, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. amen, amen, amen. Melody, did you want to come real quick and share? 
real quick. Melody has a wonderful testimony. Talk about breakthrough. How many of you are looking for a breakthrough on your job? Amen. Go to another level. This one going to declare an incredible breakthrough. And uh, Melody, Melody just got surprised this week by God. Can the church say breakthrough? Breakthrough. Can the church say favor? Favor. There's favor in breakthrough. So um, I I guess I'm going to start off um, just quickly saying I got breakthrough through higher heights with employment. And it all started out with alignment because there's a lot of challenges that I faced last year and a lot of discouraging moments, a lot of complaining to my parents. And I, I, I sat down, I remember talking to my parents and said, you know, I think my season is over. I think I need to look for something else. I said, um, I, I, I'm, I, I'm feeling myself being a little weary because I'm, the more I do, it seems like the more I'm expected to do. Yes. So um, I, 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 it was just a thought, though. Yeah. Uh, and then I was a thought, but I still was deciding to stay where I was at. Well, recently, just recently, I got a call from management. Uh, a lady in uh, administration and she basically called me on my cell phone which is kind of rare because normally I don't get business calls on my cell phone and um, as I was um, going to work she said um, Heinsberg um, and I, had a, a, I, I, I know the name was familiar she said this is you know Dr. Epson and um, I heard the name before and she said you know I'm, I'm the assistant superintendent of this district and I was like, oh, yeah, hello, how you doing? You know, a change in your voice. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and she said, um, I have a position open for you. And while she said, I have a, a position open. I wanted to know if you wanted it. And I said, yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about the position? And she basically let me know that it was a, a council position, but it was a counselor of the district that I will be overseeing the crisis team in the district. And um, basically she was trying to talk about, I mean, uh, what she said, what the pay was, the hours was, I was in. (laughs) 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 But basically, um, so so I'm so grateful. And it all started out with the alignment. You know, even though I was not really um, confident and, 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 and content where I was at, I still praise God anyway. I still yeah. believed. Uh, I still stayed faithful. Um, I did over and above still. Um, uh, and, and, and I, I volunteered. Um, I, I, I trust what my pastor say when her preaching. Listen, when you, when, you, when you know better, you do better. And so when pastor tell us things, uh, we need to take that to heart. Yeah. And we, we just need to believe and receive and, and, and do accordingly. Yeah. Um, because now I got this new role and, and, and I, I got my motivation back. I, I'm excited. Uh, I'm happy. I'm, uh, I'm on a spiritual high. I, I know what people in addiction feel like now. Yeah. <laughs> you seem to want more. That's what I'm doing. I'm just like, every day I wake up with just an extra perk in my, in my step. I'm just ready to give what God has for me. 